0: Welcome to Business Talk Sister Croc. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today we are doing part two of Should I Go to College? The pros and cons. The first episode was the pros and cons of going to college same topic we're going to be covering a little bit more of each and with us today is our sister rachel who we talk a lot about and sometimes we call her rafi so if you have listened to the first episode you probably know we switch back and forth between those two um, a lot (laughs) okay so the first thing we're going to be talking about is a pro for college is the social benefit of those group projects and, and being with uh, people in college. And we always start out with the positive because it's more fun that way. One of the things that I notice is that when you get into like a group project or a class with with a smaller number of people where you actually do more participation, um, the positive thing about that is that you have access to a bunch of people who are specializing in the same thing. To bounce your ideas off of,
1: mm.
0: um, that can be a good thing, and it also can be a great if the if the connectivity or the resiliency of the group is strong, in which they can handle conflict, um, a great place to navigate through issues, um, especially in terms of social interaction. So when we talk about um, those social skills and you just learn so much about everybody's personality and their skill sets or whatever like if you if you notice there's certain things you can do in certain environments and certain things you cannot do based on like the major that you have or whatever and like i i remember as a younger person in college being like guided by older students and saying no 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 you shouldn't say that because of these things or you should be careful of this because um, that could be a touchy subject or whatever, and I had never, I would have never known those things if I hadn't been in an environment with other people that were studying the same thing. And like an example of this, um, I was in New York and we were touring an agency for marketing, whatever. And I just was like, "Hey, has anyone ever told you you have like the most beautiful eyes?" <laughs> and like. <laughs> I thought it was just like you know he did he, this guy had really beautiful eyes and and one of the ladies looked at me and she's like that is not how you like talk to people in business and all of a sudden I was like oh I'm sorry and he he was very gracious and was like oh yeah I know him. like a lot of people actually tell me that so it, I wasn't the only person but at the same time there's there's things that you should maybe not say because that's not the right environment to say that in. Right.
2: Yeah. And there's that piece where you're learning like from just kind of osmosis of other people and how you're seeing other people interact. But then also, I would say like in a communications, from a communications class perspective, you learn a ton. I learned so much from my psychology classes and from communications classes and stuff that I still apply today and still go back to in different counseling classes and things that I took because it's, um, I don't know. I think that's really valuable to be able to have those practical skills that you're learning in a group setting. So those classes can really help you um, develop those things. Yeah. So that was another pro that I had.
1: Yeah. To add on that pro, um, like some of the classes that I highly recommend for um, literally everyone, um, statistics and um, at least a base level psychology class like those two yes so important Mm -hmm. helpful for the
0: rest of your life if I were to add on to that it would be interpersonal communication classes Mm -hmm. or just communication in general oh my word I learned so much um the thing that colleges used to be if we go back to the history of what they were for first of all like they were for only wealthy people Right. When we talk about university institutions, it was only for like the people who literally were not out in the fields sowing like corn or whatever else, you know, as farmers, because they had the, the resources to send their kids to like higher education. And and when we think about that. That's where people started to debate and network and talk and come up with ideas and, and, and create scientific ex- experiments and all this stuff. And when we think about, oh, well, that's not fair. Okay, maybe it's not fair, but when we think about all of the contributions those people have made to society in terms of the scientific like things that happen, even if you go as far back as like, kings used to literally pay people To do scientific experiments and figure out why is it that meat rots or like whatever like all of these different things that we've learned and grown as a society people had to research and figure out how to do and and as we've gone through all of these different things if you look at even the the development of the united states and those conversations of debate and how those transferred to like the entire making of our political system and all of this stuff those all happen as conversations and huge arguments many, many times. Universities used to be the place where you went to have conflict with people on purpose to come up with new ideas of getting things done. And I think that that's a huge benefit to going to a college that in some ways might be a little bit more lost than it used to be. I think the benefit of universities now is the fact that you can meet so many people from so many places that you have not grown up around and they have a completely different worldview or perspective or even a language that is not primarily English at the start of their life. And when you talk to those people, you start learning how big the world actually is and how different people can have different understandings of the same issue in life and that can be a really healthy thing to see other people's perspectives. It might not mean that you agree with everything but it can be a really great place to get a better understanding of how many different things are out in the world and how maybe one solution may be a great fit for one community but it's not a great fit for every community um, because culture and worldview and belief systems can be completely different based on where you live and in the environment in which you grow up in. Especially even looking at the difference between people who live in a big city versus a rural area, um, the solutions that are going to help a class or people in a community can be completely different and college is a great place to see those differences and come up with or learn from what worked well in one community and how it can be applied maybe a little bit differently in another community.
2: Mhm. And then on that same note too like if you are like the the structure of college in general if you are a go-getter it's you I don't know like it it can You're going to do well. in your favor. Yeah. <laughs> And and like so with those programs and things that Becca was talking about, like there definitely are fields that you cannot get into without going to college. Like you can't just be like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna become a nurse. Like you have to actually go to school for that. Um, so there are certain things that you have to do. That uh, for for me, like I'm really interested in digital marketing, but also financial coaching. That's what my um, my personal businesses as I coach people on their finances. And a lot of that you can self-study for and you can do different research on your own. And and that's something that I spend a lot of time in, but also it's something that I have to be very meticulous in scheduling out my time to be able to do that, to be able to be consistent in the information that I'm learning and, and being really um, yeah, intentional about actually seeking out learning those experiences. Whereas In in college, there is built-in accountability. There's structures in place. I don't think they're all really great structures, to be (laughs) honest. I think they could really figure out their whole grading system and all that could be revamped and and made better. But anyway.
1: It also depends on the professor.
2: (laughs) Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but I think that there's that accountability piece. So if you're not as much of a go-getter and you're not going to be a self-starter to learn all those things on your own, college is a really good route because it's, you have all of that accountability built in, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. That was super
2: helpful for me, honestly.
1: So I'm, I'm not personally like, <laughs> self-motivated. Like I need people to be like, okay, this is what you have to do. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs>
2: a con of going to college is definitely how expensive it is and specifically on campus housing is super expensive like just room and board is insanely expensive and so if you're going to go it would make more sense to um if you're able to live off campus that can help a lot and then you can buy your own groceries also just know yourself what you're what would be healthy for you if you're not someone who's going to make your own food, then maybe you do need to (laughs) eat at the dining center or whatever until you kind of develop those skills for yourself. But um, that's something that to keep in mind is that room and board is really expensive. Uh, What was that? Ramen for days. (laughs) Yuck. No, thank you.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to add this one because I have a story about how I got a parking ticket (laughs) (laughs) by oh, that, Ruby, that was, that was, <laughs> my car. <laughs> that's that's one of our cons <laughs> for going
2: to college is parking tickets.
0: Parking tickets, yeah. like it's like that's how the university makes money or something. Oh my word! Yeah.
2: <gasps> I oh. tried to pay it off right away and then I waited a little bit too long I paid it off and then they gave me a fee and I didn't pay off the fee and they called back up and I was like
0: crap
2: I was doing so well yeah (laughs) no
0: they sent me a letter in the mail because they had my license plate and I'm like I wasn't even at this universe
2: (laughs) (laughs) it was me I did that (laughs) I didn't tell you okay okay so parking tickets, big con of of going to school, big con. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then, okay, so one more con. Rachel was going to talk about uh, the falsehood of the full college experience and how people think you need that and why that could be a con. Yeah, so full college uh,
1: experience in quotes. Um, Define what that is. What do you think? Basically would, would the whole party's life. Um, so like you go to do classes, but you come over hungover and you, but you, cause you're um, partying with your friends um, every other day. Um, it's cause you can get all of that social aspect in, all the fun, crazy stuff to create memories and stuff. What you end up with is, especially if you're going on a scholarship, um, the loss of scholarship. Um, you've completely wasted your time because you're not learning anything. Um, you're so. I had a friend um, in uh, AIT, just like uh, specialized army training. Anyway, um, where one girl literally got kicked out of college because that's all she was doing was having this party life, and so her second year in. Her grades just tanked. She got nothing from it. She, when she told me, he's like, yeah, after all of this army stuff, I think I have more discipline. I'm going to go back to do it. But I am basically starting completely over because all the credits I was going for is completely dumped. Um, and she learned nothing. So she's, she's having to completely redo everything. So it's Impossible. Lost her scholarship, too. Lost her scholarship. She wasted it. She wasted all of it. And not to say, like, a diss on her. I'm actually very proud of her for trying again. um, Because I think she's going to do amazing things. um, Because she learned now, you know, that that she had wasted her time. And she had had to deal with very disappointed parents. um, And having to move back home. And you know, a little bit of a shame there, you know. So, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's important if you go to actually put in to the uh, to the learning in order to take any of it out,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: That's yeah. that's kind of that. This is your investment, so use it wisely.
2: Yeah, and another con that I had, kind of on that same lines of of. Um, what Rachel was talking about, but anything you want to do above and beyond what you're doing at, at college is kind of on your own dime, you know, so like if you want to sign up for a specific program or something like that, that you heard about in the community center or whatever, like, uh, that's not grant funded or you want to develop a program or do different projects or things for for your degree it's pretty much all if you don't get funding for it you have to fund it yourself and pay for it for yourself or if you yeah if there's a program that you know will be used like um like excel or or um learning my, a whole bunch of Microsoft products and things like that. That's kind of on your own dime and you have to be able to put in that money unless there's some kind of uh, program through your university, which look into that, find out if there is things. But if there's like internships, you usually have to be the one to do the legwork to find those things. A lot of times schools do have things available that you can work with them. Um, but anything above and beyond is is on your, is, it comes out of your pocketbook. Uh, and and Also, you have to pay for your own books, which is dumb. I feel like that should be included in tuition or something. I don't know. It just seems like there should be something that they're giving us.
0: <laughs> um, professors that write their own book and then make you buy it to take their class. <laughs> classic. The heart of entrepreneurship right there. In academia. Okay. I have another con. Um, so the, the thing about going to college is that you pay to learn rather than getting paid to learn. Mm-hmm. and i think that there's actually a lot of um businesses out there that you can work for or even nonprofits that have a very structured and streamlined onboarding process that basically can train you from the ground up at a skill without a degree and if you're like man i want to learn this but i don't know if i want to do it for the rest of my life but it would be a good skill to have maybe i can have knowledge of this industry and transfer it to something else, whatever. Anything you learn actually will be applicable to anything you else you do in life. It really, for the most part, the people skills, the relationships, mm-hmm. those things are things you can never um, replicate and you learn a lot from. But when you're learning at a job, so you get a job and they have that 90 day um, time frame in which any work you do that's training is tax deductible. So they take full advantage of that in the first 90 days. Um, That's like almost like a little semester of school learning something, right? Whether it's, Mm -hmm. and people don't even think about this. I I think this is a huge thing. Um, Learning softwares, that is huge. If you know how to use a certain software, there's literally companies that they outsource to, to pay them to work on their software because it's just so much of a headache to try to figure out on their own like mm-hmm. IT departments, whatever. But knowing how to do things can be done by getting real life experience, utilizing those tools um, and and learning about a specific industry, the terminology, what's going on there, um, what people need in that. and And you might find that each business, obviously, if you're looking for a job, every business is going to have pros and cons, but you can learn a lot from any job you take about um so many life character skills and what you appreciate about other people who do their job and other people that maybe aren't doing it the same way what what's the difference between those things and why is it so different like there's so much you can study in just the way people work and and the things that people do by not going to college and just getting a degree or degree in life basically yeah and i am definitely a product of
2: that like that i uh didn't finish a degree. It's something that I do want to do long run. And the the business that I'm working for right now um, is it pays for a certain amount of college credits. And I was, when I looked for jobs, that's what I wanted. I wanted to work for a company that would pay for me to go to school. And also I knew going into this job that I wanted to, like literally every day I've been Saying to myself, how can I absolutely maximize the amount of learning that I'm getting from this time of of working here? Whether that was in training and just like pounding out 20 different LinkedIn courses and learning as much as I can from them and taking really meticulous notes and and figuring out how I can pl- and apply those things in not just where I'm working, but in life in general. And, um when you go into any sort of of work environment even if you were going to work at mcdonald's like go in with the mindset of how what can i be learning right now that will apply to the rest of my life what are things that i'm learning right now that i could teach to other people or things that i've been like wow this was a really dumb idea i would avoid that how can i teach that to other people um and then but just every opportunity that you have every job that you have every uh, class you take with if you go to college or not, how do you optimize the amount, of all of the amount of things that you can be learning from that experience? And then actually, if you're like me and you like to document things like crazy, then document the crap out of the things that you're learning. And if you're not, then just get really good at telling other people about the things that you're learning, or um, figure out a way that you can utilize the things that you're learning, um, and maximize the time that you have doing whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Rachel wanted. I know I wanted to touch on this. Like, I, I think a lot of times people think that they have to have a certain amount of training before they can actually apply for that job. Like, um, Rachel's going to talk about her experience with welding, but a lot of places you don't have to have a background in that at all. They'll teach you everything. Um, so, Rachel, tell us a little bit about that and what your experience was.
1: Yeah, so I had just finished uh, four and a half years of college, um, graduated in the winter, and I was like, well, environmental science I need something in the summer as a baseline so I just was looking around um found a painting job so I went there and they're like well that's not anything like you thought it was the the job I was applying for I was like um but then they borderline begged me to go into welding instead um saying like um we will teach you to go into welding, like I've never had any experience. I'll probably be out in six months. Like that's okay. That's okay. If you like it, would you stay? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, if you're willing to put the resources for me to, to learn welding, sure, I'll go for it. Mm. And honestly, it was a hidden talent. I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, I was actually really surprised to be able to, like, pick it up so well. And they have basically had me shadow work with people. And then, um, uh, I worked alongside someone who's been there for 36 years, um, and just kind of welded to the side of him. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause then I, then they actually gave me after actually working alongside them for a while and they gave me actual training for two weeks. Uh, and I got three certifications, which was actually more than everyone of most people down on my side of the shop. Hmm. Um, and I tell you, like I was there for a full year before I went into the army um and it was awesome and it was and i've never done anything i wanted i still wanted to use my degree and that's kind of why i went to um join the army for a water treatment specialist because i wanted to help people hmm. um but yeah it was just like i didn't need any of the education i still didn't even use the education that i did at college like <laughs> at this point <laughs> at this point i have not i mean the this different kind of classes that I have taken have been helpful, Mm -hmm. really have been helpful, Uh, especially statistics. Love that. Um, I use that actually a lot on just a daily basis. Um, Yeah, so like, I, I, it's like I didn't even need the four and a half years of college that I took. They just like, if you find the right jobs, you know, they were, are more than willing to teach, especially for welding and for, um, a few different, like electricians, um, some of these blue-collar jobs, because people aren't going into it. They they want people, you know. So, um, I would recommend people consider, you know, learning on the side. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, you don't know this. Um, a lot of industries will actually pay you to uh, take classes. Um. For you to work for them. So you're getting double paid. Which
2: is amazing. And if you're, you're going to go to the army. You're getting paid uh, in knowledge. And you're getting paid in monies.
1: saying <laughs> <laughs> They're paying for you to take these classes. Mm-hmm. So, and, you're, and you're working for them. So you're getting paid in classes. And you're getting paid by them.
2: Yeah. So, and wh- you know, what were you going to say about the army?
1: Oh. Um. If you're gonna think about those kind of routes, like you're interested in going the army route and you wanna do education, there's so many different programs. Uh, I'm not equipped to explain all of these different programs that they have, but I know um, the National Guard is really good with scholarships uh, for college. And if you're gonna go the officer route, if that's what you're thinking, you can actually go the officer route and, and do your full four years of college through them. It's it's awesome. I kind of wish that I would have thought that before but I never even considered army um, before I was already
0: done with college and working for as a welder. So a couple other cons that I wanted to throw in there that I think people don't really think about when they start going after something. Um, look at the burnout rate of people in that job. I think I think that a lot of people that I talk to um, who are doing teaching or something and they say oh I'm going to be a teacher in like this community and I'm going to like work there for x years and then the government's going to forgive all of my student debt and everything and that's a great plan but when you look at the burnout rate um, of how many people are in, a, in those locations and maybe they just hate it and, and it might just be like the cultural environment of the school or whatever, or the location, they're far away from their family. A lot of times people who get their education forgiven by the government have to go to super remote rural places where they have no friends and family and and work there for like five to 10 years or whatever it is. And, and that can be really hard on some people if they don't develop that network community. Um, and another place that I see a really high burnout rate is people Who are super passionate about kids and they really wanna go into social work to make a big difference. The social work burnout rate is like an average of two years because it is so emotionally difficult to work in social work. And I think that, first of all, you have to have a four year degree to get a social work job. And sometimes you have to have a master's degree. And for the burnout rate, That is crazy. And if it's that's something that you think you can push through, there's some people that I've met that have worked there for a very long time, 20 plus years, and they love it and that's their life and they can thrive in that kind of environment with difficult situations. I mean, we need those people and that's amazing, but know what you're getting yourself into because that's a whole lot of student debt to put on to get a degree in social work and then to say, after two years, I just can't do this anymore. So really has some things that she wants to talk about loan payoff programs because she has um, some more info on that. Yeah. So um, I
2: don't have any like statistics and things that I can rattle off right now. Um, which, uh, good job, me, undercut what I'm gonna say before I say it. Um, <laughs> but um, but I just know like look when you're looking at those loan payoff programs, look at how long the commitment is and look at how much debt you actually have to pay off because the odds are okay not odds but if you are a driven person and you can can stick to a budget and you can figure out how uh how much you need to pay off on a monthly basis and how fast you can pay it off and you've got a whole loan payoff program of your own it would probably be more cost effective for you to work somewhere and pay it off as fast as you can than making a 10-year commitment working for a place that offers a loan forgiveness program. Because you have to, to to be able, a lot of them, you have to actually stick through the whole time allotment that they say you have to be there for before they'll actually pay off any of your loans for you. And that, um, that can be just keep that in mind when you're when you're looking at those loan payoff programs because not all of them are as, as cure-all as you think they are and also be paying attention to too because I know a lot of times uh, when you're in those programs, sometimes they can shift the geographic region that it applies to and you might not know. And so you might not be in that district anymore that has that loan forgiveness program. And you don't even know, and you're still working there, and it doesn't apply to you anymore. So keep in keep that in mind when you're um, kind of looking at loan forgiveness programs. I just wanted to to add a note to that. And then if you can pay it off faster than the loan forgiveness program, then you should just you should do that. We're going to transition into the sister gawk portion of this episode, where I tell a story about a time that Aaron, my younger brother, and I pranked our oldest brother Andrew. We it was April first. And it was like midnight and Aaron and I were going to go and prank Andrew and Mia and Micah, our youngest siblings, wanted to be a part of it desperately. And so they kept coming up with all these different (laughs) ideas and Aaron was like, no, you guys are too loud. You can't come with. And they were throwing a big stink about it. And so then Aaron went outside and I pulled them aside. They were still like enraged that they couldn't come with. And I said, do not say anything else. Aaron and I are going to go prank them. I'll come back pick you guys up, and then we'll go over and do whatever you guys want. Prepare, get all your prank stuff ready. And then when I come back, (laughs) we'll go out. (laughs) Don't say anything else to Aaron. So then Aaron comes back in to a very civil Miriam and Micah. (laughs) Just didn't say anything to them. And then Aaron and I left when we took a bunch of plastic silverware and we did what's called forking someone's yard. So you just stab a whole bunch of, usually you use forks, but we had spoons, knives, everything, the whole gamut, and stabbed it into their yard. But the thing was, it frosted that night, and so it all froze (laughs) into their yard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we like jammed all of these somewhere in there, and then we were super quiet about it and then left. Mia, Micah and I come back and they had this whole backpack full of different things (laughs) (laughs) that they wanted to use and we had all of these um it was like flavored Juice packets that Miriam was determined to sprinkle all over their yard. I don't know why, because he was like, "It's gonna snow and then it's gonna turn colors." It wasn't gonna snow, anyway. So then, so then we we take these packets. She's shaking them all over their yard. These like colored um, fruit drink packets. Micah takes some some single sliced cheese, <laughs> sticks it on their windows. <laughs> And then he had this this hot glue gun face that he had made, it was like with cotton balls and stuff on it, that he was like, we have to tape it to their garage door, and I was like, okay, you do you, just do it quietly. <laughs> and so then he runs to the backyard, tapes this to, to their, their garage door, Miriam and I are shaking all this stuff all over the place, and then Micah had broken his foot at the time, and so Mia and I ran back to the car, and I was like, where's Micah? Where is Micah? And then I see him, because we parked far away, because we didn't want to be close. And so I see him, like, hobbling down this alley <laughs> on his broken foot. And I was like, get the car, get the car. And then Mia had had the music turned all the way up. So then when we turned on the car, it was just blasting loud. I was like, oh, great. This is this is just a disaster. And um, yeah, so Aaron was, was very right to uh, <laughs> <laughs> deny their participation.
0: <laughs> in being too loud. <laughs> well, yeah. well, thanks for joining us this week.
1: We will see you guys next week.